Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside, and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry, and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom, and I'll sleep out here on the couch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very exciting and interesting um, bonus mini episode of Citizen Dame, the podcast where we sometimes disagree on stuff. Uh, I am Lauren Humphreys Brooks, and with me, as always, is Karen Peterson. Hello, Karen. Hello. Occasionally, we disagree, (laughs) just occasionally. Occasionally we disagree, and I think that this this the topic of this episode is one that I'm sad. I'm sad that I I have the feelings that I do about this film because I really went into it like, oh, this is going to be great, man. Like I've been waiting for this to come out. I can't wait. And I have never like I've been I've not been this angry about a movie since like Blade Runner twenty forty nine for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. For different reasons that this is so it's not entirely saying that. So the movie we're going to talk about, and we are going to spoil spoil the crap out of it. So just to tell everyone that before we get going, we are going to talk about Barbarian, uh, which is the recent horror film that came out. It's been released. Uh, it was released in theaters earlier this year, and it recently um, came out on hbo max it stars georgina campbell bill skarsgård and justin long and was written and directed by zach Kreger um in his solo directorial debut it is a horror film uh it's in, in a lot of ways a very creepy horror film a very sort of it places a very violent one um and and we are going to talk about it we are going to spoil it so if you have not seen it and you want to go into it unspoiled um 
turn this off, go watch it on HBO Max, come back and, and you know, we you can listen and hear all of our amazing thoughts about this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, so Barbarian, sort of the, the, basic the basic construction of the plot, at least the beginning of it, is about this young woman who um, shows up in a Detroit kind of neighborhood uh, and where she has a, where she's rented an, e an Airbnb because she is in town for a job interview. And she discovers that she's double booked it with a, a young man played by Bill Skarsgård who shows up at the door and says like, oh no, I, I'm booked here. And they have this, this sort of very interesting opening sequence where the two of them talk. And of course she's very mistrustful as she would be uh, about this man who has like popped up in, in the place that she was supposed to be staying in on a dark and stormy night, you know? Um, and so why don't we start with that? Because I think that this is the strongest part of the film uh this this kind of back and forth and it does develop really well all of these questions of red flags right mm -hmm. and how you navigate that because here's this young woman who is in a city that she doesn't know in a neighborhood she doesn't know she has just shown up at her airbnb and just and basically discovers that there's a man there a man that she doesn't know and they're having this back and forth conversation about what she should do what she wants to do she's obviously very nervous about it he's trying to kind of be respectful as as apparently but at the same time he's bill skarsgård and you're like you could be a psychopathic killer oh yeah casting him was very deliberate they knew exactly what they were doing by casting bill skarsgård in this role because just because of the fact that he's bill skarsgård even though he's he's a cute guy we automatically just don't trust him because he usually is a psycho killer like you know, Pennywise and yeah, some other roles that I can't think of right now. But um, but yeah, so I mean it's a very deliberate choice. And I do I agree with you. I think this is the strongest segment of the film. Um, this is really what the marketing was built around. And one of the things that I particularly like about it, there's been a lot of people who've gone into this like, oh no, like you just you don't even stay, you just turn right around and leave. And it's like, okay. Obviously, she should have, but not because of not because of him. He plays this guy, Keith. He turns out not to be the danger. It's the setup where you get lulled into this sense of security yeah. of like, oh, actually, this is a pretty safe situation after all. And the thing is that, like, I mean, I don't know what that experience would be like for a woman of color, because I am very much mm -hmm. not. I'm very white. But I have been in situations where, like, my car has broken down and I needed you know, I was out in the middle of nowhere. A couple of times, this, this happened to me four different times that I've had to get in cars with strangers because I grew up in the times when we didn't have cell phones. And two of the times I was not by myself. I was with my best friend one time. I was with my brother. And then two other times I was totally by myself. And I just had to hope that I was getting in the car with someone who was not going to try to murder me. And none mm -hmm. of those times I did not get murdered any of those times, clearly. Um, but there is that sense. So it's like when people sit there and go, oh, there's absolutely no way I would stay. I think that what happens here in the way that this is un that this unfolds is it really sets up this like, how do you leave in the middle of this situation? Like not not whether or not you should, because obviously the answer is you should leave. But she 
It's pouring down rain. She's in a neighborhood she doesn't know because she's come from out of town. It's really dark, so she can't actually see what the rest of the neighborhood looks like as much as people try to say, like, oh, I'd leave as soon as I saw the the neighborhood. She can't see it because it's too dark out. Uh, And Keith is even saying, like, yeah, I don't know if you got a good look, look at this place, but I wouldn't be out there by myself at night. And... You know, she's tried to call mm-hmm. the company like she's done everything that she can think of to try to keep herself safe. And then it turns out that Keith actually is a safe person. So the fact yeah. that she makes the decision to stay like to just go go ahead and say, you know what? OK, I'm just going to have to go with this all makes sense. The danger is lurking underneath and neither of them know about it. And that's a yeah. whole other situation. Yeah, I, I think that the film does a very good job of kind of creating that sense of menace and also him kind of recognizing it right mm-hmm. like and and he comes off as, as just being like you know there's even this whole there's there's a whole sequence where she comes out of the bathroom and he's sitting there with the, the someone had left a bottle of wine right right um as like a housewarming thing for the airbnb and he's kind of left it there and he's like well i was going to open it i didn't know if you wanted any but i also knew that you would not drink it if i opened it without you being here mm-hmm. right and so you get this this it's this buildup where on the one hand is the viewer, at least you are mistrustful because you know that this is a horror movie and this is a creepy situation, et cetera. But at the same time, he does everything right in a lot of ways, which in turn makes you mistrustful. You're just like, oh, he's trying to lull her into a <laughs> exactly. false sense of security, you know? Um, and, but so does she, like her reactions are very natural or very human. None of it is like it at this point in the film, there's no like, her rushing in with her head down being like well i'm just i'm just gonna do this i'm just gonna do this really dumb thing right mm-hmm. um which happens so often in in horror films including contemporary horror films so the whole setup i think here is really good and then you begin to get inklings that something else is going on in the house that may or might may not be connected to keith right um, and it's not clear if they are or they aren't there are a lot of red flags there are a lot of um red herrings as well that kind of get worked into that opening sequence and then as the film goes on and it gets weirder and she finds out more about the neighborhood where you've got this very nice house in the middle of like a, a completely run down, burnt out area that no one else seems to be living in even. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's warned a couple of times, you know, leave that place, leave the neighborhood. And she does like she tries to. She goes back to the house. She begins packing her stuff and then other things begin happening. Right. And. See, this is where I think the film began to lose me a little bit. And it, it went it went from me being like, okay, yeah, I'm I, I'll go along with you on this one, to well, this is just getting stupid. It it begins falling into some of those more common horror film tropes of just like, oh, there's you know, the a creepy basement. There's a creepy room in the creepy basement that's like mm-hmm. blocked off. There's a creepy tunnel. And at that point, you just like at what fucking universe <laughs> would a real person, right? A real person actually continue to go with that. And I think that at that level, the film is beginning to work against itself because it's represented her as being a cautious, intelligent person who is doing her best to kind of be as safe as she can be, right? Mm-hmm. In a world that that can be very dangerous for women and in a situation that could be very dangerous. And rather than continuing to depict her like that, We've got like her just like, oh, I'm going to walk down into this creepy basement and this creepy door and follow this creepy guy that I don't really know who he is. And he's not answering me and weird shit is going on. Like mm-hmm. at that point, be like, I'm out. I'm go. I'm going to go to my car. I'm going to drive to the nearest police station. You know, I'm going to tell them what's going on. They can investigate it, but it's not 
I'm not going to be in the middle of this anymore. And it's it. And she's not forced into it. It's not like she has to go down that tunnel. Right. Yeah. It's not like she's trapped in that area. That's that's part of that was part of it for me. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, that's okay. What I thought was weird, first of all, was the fact that so she's in town because she's going to this job interview. And it sounds like when she gets there that night, she only had the Airbnb for one night. She's just in town for this interview. And so what I didn't understand was why she didn't pack her stuff and take it with her. Like why she was even planning to go back to the house in the first place. And then she get, like, there's that note from mm-hmm. Keith and stuff. So it's just like, okay. And I agree with you. I think that is where she makes, she obviously makes her mistakes and it's really dumb and definitely falls into the, the, the tropey stuff that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But uh, there was something about it for me though, too, where I just kept going, well, I'm curious what's down there. Part of it is because when I saw the trailer, I was I felt like it really misdirected. And so I was more like looking forward to what was going to happen based on what I thought I had seen from the trailer. Because the way that that was cut together, I thought that Justin Long's character was already in there. And I was still believing that Keith was a bad guy. Yeah at this point and so that's i was just like i this is dumb but i'm also in it just because i want to know what's about to happen and and i do i do think that the film plays on that that of course you want to know because we're also we're sitting there we're a horror film audience we're watching a horror film right so of course she's going to go into the basement of course Mm -hmm. she's going to go down the creepy tunnel of course you know all of those things are kind of the of course things yeah but she first starts to do the whole like nope i'm not doing that and like she does smart things where she gets the mirror and stuff so it's like okay at least she's not just marching right in but as she keeps getting more curious and fascinated with this creepy tunnel and Keith is still not responding and he's not around or whatever. Like, yeah, her decisions become progressively dumber. See, and that's where, that's actually where the film began losing me was when she looked down that tunnel and was like, Oh my God. And then she's like, Nope. And at that point it's like, yes, yes. We mm-hmm. Finally, we get this great, you know, obviously the final girl or whatever, who's not going to do the dumb thing. And she almost immediately does the dumb thing. Yeah. And and I think that that's the problem. And so the film, I, I think that the issue is the films obviously condition us, horror films condition us to want to see people put themselves in danger because that's where the horror comes from. Right. Right. We we're kind of like, yeah, of course, Laurie is going to run down the opposite direction onto a cul-de-sac or something like that. Of course, she's going to hide in the closet. Right. Mm-hmm. She's going to do all of the things that you do in a panic that that we know are stupid. Right. But that are going to keep the movie going and are, are going to get us there. The The problem with this is that she has been structured as this very intelligent person who isn't panicking. Right. Isn't being driven into the tunnel in some way. And right. does it anyways, because she's curious because and ultimately because the plot and the viewers require her to. Mm hmm. And I think that that's that was the beginning of my serious difficulty was the with this film was that so much of the machinations of the film post the first you know whatever the opening sequence felt like this is happening because it is required to happen not because it is happening naturally within the construct of the film mm-hmm. um, you know you of course you're going to go into the creepy tunnel of course you're going to do this of course, you know and then when you get to the reveal of the monster the first time at least I admittedly i went into this film going like oh this is gonna be so creepy and then i got to the reveal of the monster and i was like 
huh? <laughs> yeah. And then, and I was like, oh, no, maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something different, right? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe like what I saw is like just a part of the story. Right. And then as the film continued, I was like, nope, that's, that's where they're going with. That's the monster. Okay. Uh, great. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and at that, at that point, like the, the film, by the time the film shifted to Justin Long, and by the way, the Justin Long sequence takes four fucking ever. It takes forever to get him to that fucking house. Yeah, it does. By the time it shifted to that, I was like, it had mostly lost me. And unless it was going to get me back in some way with him going into the tunnel, at that point, I was just like, you, you've, uh, none of this is particularly frightening. At this point, I just think it's stupid. What that is where me, I was. Yeah. What what kept me going with the Justin Long thing was the more you find out about what a shitty person he is, the more I just looked forward to him just dying a gruesome death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At that point, you're like, well, we want the mother to get him. So mm-hmm. so to to kind of f- flesh this out a little bit more, the monster, the reveal of the monster is this creepy naked woman who is like living in the tunnel. Um, beneath this house and we're not quite certain what's going on there and then we we cut from that from uh uh what's her name tessa tess tessa? yeah tess. tess uh tess tess being menaced being like you know approached by this woman and keith being murdered right yeah. uh and we cut from that to to justin long who is a hollywood producer like um, producer and star and yeah yeah, and and so what we get kind of his backstory and that he's kind of being driven out of Hollywood because he sexually assaulted a woman um, and he's not admitting to it and all these other things are happening, but it turns out that he owns the house, right? That this is one of his, one of the properties that he owns. Yeah. Um, and he winds up going back to the house where he in turn then goes, ends up in the basement, kind of discovers all of Tess's stuff, all of Keith's stuff, is trying to figure out what's going on and eventually goes into the basement, goes into the tunnel and is captured by the mother who is this very, like I said, creepy naked woman who's obviously very ill. Deformed and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, and, by the way, played by a dude in a lot of prosthetics. Yeah. And this, this again, so the, uh, so, so the, the mother who we eventually learn is the result of like multi-generational incest by the original owner of the house, who's like kidnapping women and, and raping them and having babies and then ki- raping the babies. And like, so we, we learn all of this stuff. And the mother at this point is, is like obsessed with, you know, capturing people and feeding them out of a bottle and treating them like babies. And this this is where for me the film went from creepy to kind of predictable to i am deeply bothered by this this is where i was like i don't think lauren's gonna like this movie at all (laughs) but then the way the conversations were going and the way you were like i don't know i'm looking forward to it and i was like maybe she will i don't think so because i also (laughs) have problems with this too so but i also didn't want to like discourage you from watching i don't know yeah it's it's the for me it was the disgust with which the film treats first of all the female body yeah and we've seen this a lot and even in even in films that i enjoyed the 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 hatred of uh women and particularly older women yeah because she's definitely Um, over 40 yeah of like this this monstrous mother figure right and this is typical in horror this is nothing new this is this film didn't invent it or anything like that but at this point i was just like you know this horror of the female body and this horror of disability 
and of of and of this woman who is as we learn none of this is her fault she's a prisoner basically um she she's the result of male violence but the film relies so much on her monstrosity for its fear the fear mm-hmm. factor right it doesn't we even meet like her her father right yeah and we meet so for some uh, reason is still alive and is like living in the basement as well and can't speak or something like that like and we don't get much of his monstrosity, uh, even though there's you know a little bit of, of conversation about that. But for the most part, he's not this disgusting, repellent, horrifying figure. It's her. She's the disgusting, yeah. repellent, horrifying figure. And so much of the horror of the film is reliant on you being repulsed by her. Right, yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they uh, introduce us to Frank, who is her father, um, through these flashbacks and this is actually one of the ways that they that the the movie kind of or the trailers kind of tricked me because they show in the trailer they show a shot of the neighborhood looking all nice and so when i'm watching the movie and i'm thinking about the part where bill skarsgård is just like yeah i you don't you didn't see this neighborhood and i'm thinking like oh he's lying because it's a really nice neighborhood right um, but it's because of this one shot from this flashback. But that's where they introduced Frank. I appreciate the fact that they don't actually show him attacking any of the women. They just let you know very clearly what he's doing, that he's kidnapping these women and, and um, taking them hostage and stuff and obviously raping them. But but yeah, no, I agree with you. Like the, the clear... Um, monster and the clear fear of this movie is supposed to be not in frank or his actions or even how those Mm -hmm. actions led to the mother but specifically the figure of the mother herself well and that and that i think in a lot of ways works against some of the things that the film had been setting up so this whole idea about these red flags right at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the movie the the whole idea about the the aj character played by justin long who is you know, like, oh, I, you know, he, he's basically being accused of raping um, like a co-star or someone else who worked on a television show with him. And he starts out saying, well, no, I, this, no, this is a total lie. This never happened. And then as the film goes on, we learn more. And basically it's like, yeah, he definitely did like rape her, even though yeah. he he had the idea that like, oh, I'm just kind of an aggressive guy. You know? Right. Yeah. And and so so the film and then you've got you've got Frank. So the film posits the this this male monstrosity right this creation of female monsters through male violence but it doesn't follow through on that and instead it relies so much on the disgust with which we perceive the mother that and even calling her the mother right she doesn't even have a name she's Mm -hmm. not even she's not a human being as far as the film is concerned she is the product of of male violence right and and because and everything about her is determined by male violence and again Um, she's also not even played by a woman she's played by a man in prosthetics yeah and and it's i found it very disturbing in and not in a good way not in like a oh isn't this an interesting commentary isn't this creepy kind of way um it was it was much more like you're you're using all of these tropes Right. That I, you know, that anyone who's watched horror films will recognize at some level. Um, But particularly this whole concept of the monstrous feminine, which has been pulled apart and discussed and debated by feminist critics for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and you're just using it in this hackneyed, bludgeoning way. 
um, and, and not really following through on the promises that your film has made. There are so many promises that the film sets up, particularly in that opening sequence, but even in the sequences with AJ and never pays off. Um, and so to me, it was like, oh, we get this twist, but it's not really even a twist. It's just like a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's really not even a twist as an explanation. And so often that's the case. People call them twists, but they're not. They're just, a, yeah. this is the direction the story was going the whole time. You just, you know, mm -hmm. just because you weren't and expecting it doesn't mean it's a twist. It, no, exactly. And, and then we kind of get to, so Tess and AJ managed to escape. Uh, and and they're fleeing out of the house, and Tess goes back actually to save AJ, and because of course she does. Um, well, she doesn't and, you know, know that he's a terrible person. <laughs> well, and this this might be again that kind of that that attempt at commentary about the way that women behave and the way that mm -hmm. men behave. Because the whole reason she ended up in that situation in the first place was because she went in to try to save Keith too, and this is very yeah. much her being a maternal caregiving person. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so I, again, this does feel like it was written by a man because, <laughs> because if it was written by a woman, honestly, it would be more nuanced. Um, yeah. Because men, a lot of male writers and a lot of male filmmakers, even when they are, they're meaning to, to, to make, to, you know, actually talk about male violence and danger, et cetera, still use these really heavy handed metaphors, these really heavy handed concepts of what it is to be a woman in this world. And and the fact that there's no there is still nothing more terrifying to a woman than a man, mm -hmm. as far as they are concerned. Right. And a lot of these films and this is why, you know, I kind of jokingly compared it to Blade Runner 2049. But this was kind of where I, I you know, I'm actually edging more towards that, <laughs> uh, which which is that sense that, you know, that women spend their entire lives obsessed with men. <laughs> Um, being afraid of men, being terrified of male violence, being aware of the existence of men. Con and there's this constant reinforcement that this is the way that this is the only way that women live their lives. Right. And Tessa's downfall is that she's too caring. She's too maternal. She's too. I need to help this man. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and, you know, she shouldn't be like that almost. And and then we get nearing the end. So Tess and AJ escape, and and we get nearing the end, kind of AJ giving the speech about, "Am I like a bad person?" <laughs> <laughs> and again, I know that this is. I think that this is intended in in the right way, and that just we're meant to go like, "Ah, yes, this is what this is all about," right? <laughs> but again, it felt so heavy-handed and so hackneyed to me, especially at that point in the film. That I was like, I this isn't this is not commentary about like what a bad man he is or men being bad or anything like that. This this is just a dude who like read feminist criticism 101 at some point and never actually paid attention to any of the content. That was really how I felt by the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <you can>. Um <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you on that. And it's funny because it's like I I don't think that you and I actually disagree that much on it. I think where the difference is was that, first of all, I was not um, overly hyped on this when I went to see it. I was just like, it was in the theater. I knew a few people had talked about it. I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll go watch it. And I was like, oh, this is this is fun. I had fun watching it because, again, like I said, that trailer really set me up for some things that ended up not being exactly how I thought. And so it made it, it did keep me guessing a little bit. 
And so even though I definitely had problems with the whole concept of the mother character and, um, and yeah, I think your, your analogy there of like, or not analogy, but you know, the commentary on like the <laughs> red, read one article about feminist film criticism and ran with it. Um, I, I do definitely get that. And I, I had some issues with this and even right up until the very, very end, when even at the end, AJ is basically still trying to screw this girl over and whatever. Um, but I, I just, for me, I think because it was, it was something that I just kind of went into just looking to be entertained. That's exactly what I got out of it. And so I enjoyed watching the movie. I don't think it's like the greatest. It's it's definitely not the greatest horror movie of the year. I thought it was fun. I definitely think that it has some problems. I really, really don't want them to make a sequel or a prequel. I know they're probably going to do both. Um, I want this to be just a standalone movie um, that I just had a, a fun time watching. Fair. Like, um, I, I do think that, you know, like you're saying, I think that this the film got very hyped after yeah. it, it initially. Like when I it mean, was, some it of the comments the you were hearing were ridiculous. Like, share some oh, of yeah. those. Yeah, the, there was there was someone. And again, this this is, you know, social media. Social media is, is into hyperbole. Critics in and also horror. Sorry, horror is definitely subjective. Of course, yes. we know that. So. Yeah. But yeah. So. And, and I, I and I absolutely and there here's the thing. There are some things that don't necessarily scare me, but I can see the quality of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, so for instance, I, I recently, I said, I said the other day, I recently saw Saw, right. Which I enjoyed. It doesn't, that it did not scare me. Like it was not like, oh my God, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. But I was like, I really appreciate what they're doing here. Like I appreciate what the film is doing. Yeah. It's well-constructed, right. That kind of thing. So I think that you can watch a horror film and not necessarily be frightened by it but still appreciate it. That was not the case for me with this. Right. I don't, I don't appreciate this. Film. Um, but yeah, definitely some of it was because of like building the way that it was built up and the way that, that horror critics and, and people who love horror were talking like there was, there was one person who was saying, I watch not, you know, I watch almost nothing but horror films. Just like, okay. Um, and, and this, this one was so frightening. I couldn't breathe. And <laughs> I was, and you know, even the, even before I saw that movie, this movie, I was just like, I'm pretty positive. That's, hyperbole like yeah. i can't imagine that this film is that scary but maybe it is maybe this is actually like a, a really amazing thing the problem was and i knew it i knew it and in fact i even tweeted about it when the film came out i was like the last time you did this was hereditary <laughs> and i remember that movie and i was mad about it mm-hmm. and i got even more mad about it the more i thought about it <laughs> so i don't trust you on this but but yeah, the, the film was really hyped up and it was particularly hyped up of this, this whole, you've got to go into it cold, don't know the twist, don't know the twist. And I, I was waiting, like, honestly, I was sitting there going like, okay, what's the twist going to be? What's the big thing, right? What is this going to result in? And then, like I say, it happened. And I, I literally was waiting through the rest of the movie to see the another twist. Oh, no. I couldn't imagine in my heart of hearts, I was like, this can't be what everyone was going crazy about like it can't this can't be it because because i did find it pretty predictable as soon as this this you know mother figure shows up i was just like oh i know what this is like i know exactly what this is and it was exactly that Mm -hmm. um and so that was a problem for me whereas 
with a film, the, the other film that this was being compared to a lot was uh, Malignant, which came out last year uh, and which we've talked about a lot. And I absolutely love. I do, um, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> we both talked about like how much we enjoyed this movie yeah. that this was. I mean, this is one of the best horror films of the past few years and it's batshit. It absolutely is. And I and I would say Barbarian is, too, in its own way. I think that with Malignant, for me, it was a better constructed film. Mm-hmm. I did not see it coming, admittedly. Some people I know did uh, or kind of guessed it, that it, there was some kind of a, a different relationship between Gabriel and... Um, and I didn't you. guess exactly what the what the answer was, but I definitely was on the right track pretty early on. Yeah, so I, I think that that's part of the strength of Malignant, actually, is that it it the twist is great the reveal of like who and what gabriel is i i still is one of my favorite horror movie (laughs) moments because i was literally like i don't do i you know talking about things you don't do in horror movies i don't do this i was saying my mouth was open i was just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um but i think that the the greater strength of that film is that it still works when you know the twist and in fact, in a lot of ways, I've compared it to, you know, and it's a very different film, obviously, but I've compared it to Psycho in the sense that even if you know everything that happens in the movie, even if this is your second or third time watching it, it's still deeply enjoyable. And actually, you get more jokes and bits of humor kind of filtered throughout the entire film that make you that enri- that uh, enrich it. Like it feels like a richer movie the more times you watch it. I I'm not I'm not watching Barbarian a second time. I didn't feel that way at the end of Barbarian. I didn't feel like this is something that was really well plotted, really well thought out. This was by a director and a writer who really understands the way that horror functions and how to make not just a good horror film, but all good horror films are ultimately good films. Mm-hmm. And and I did not get the sense that this film was a good film when he really came down to it. I didn't get the sense that the director or the writer knew what he was doing um, in the midst of all this. And granted, it might be unfair to compare someone like like, like uh, Zach Krager to James Wan, who obviously has a lot of films under his belt now um, and did before he directed Malignant, but there is not that same dialogue or understanding of, of horror and of basic plotting uh, in, in Barbarian as there, as there is in something like Malignant. Any thoughts on that? Oh, not really. <laughs> I, 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 I think we're good. <laughs> I want to. I wanted to give you the final word. So, all right. Um. So yeah. So unless unless there's something else you want to talk about, Karen, I'm happy to hear other. Like you definitely like this film better than me, but it also sounds like we we both recognize the not so great aspects oh totally totally yeah no i i definitely recognize this isn't a great movie but i i just i had fun with it i've also only watched it the one time i haven't watched it again i i was hoping to before we recorded this and i actually started it um and got i'm like i got through the first part where they're like just went to bed you know like she just decided to stay the night when you know everything is still unfolding so it's like i was watching that going you know this is still really good intro (laughs) i stand by this intro 
it's a good intro. It is definitely a good intro. I think the first act is very strong in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And and honestly, I can pil- I can tell you exactly the point that it breaks. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's when when she says nope, and then five minutes later walks down the tunnel. Yeah, like at that point, that's where it broke for me. Yeah. Um, but everything before that, I think, is a very good setup. And that that's even maybe why I was more disappointed in this, because I wanted it all to be that good. You know, what would have probably worked a lot better is if I mean, I know we would have we would have missed out on on Georgina, who was who was a good actress, um, her character Tess. But I think that this film, other than the the mother thing, but just the horror parts of it or her character at least it would have worked better if she had said nope packed up her shit walked out the door and ran into justin long on his way in going who the fuck are you and her going like well i rented this house but you know now i'm leaving and then he goes in and he's the one that discovers Heath and stuff like i think that would have been a better setup i i like that I like that. And and also, like like you pointed out, AJ is such an unlikable character. I was perfectly <laughs> happy to see him suffer. Like, oh, yeah. He needed, to, just, he needed to be brutalized. <laughs> yeah, I, I was fine with that. And and actually, like, it's just, to, to me, it's just like, this is, that would be more feminist, really. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this, like, horrific mother just just beating the shit out of this man for the next <laughs> hour. It's just like, I would, I'm down for that right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let us make your movies, obviously. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would kill it as a producer. <laughs> I just need money, apparently. <laughs> so so that's our opinion on my on Bebede. On um, Bebede, yes. Um Bebebe on Barbarian. <laughs> um, you know, it is on HBO Max. Obviously, if you've if you listen, we've spoiled everything. If you still haven't seen it. You know, go and watch it. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you do you agree with us, disagree with us. Uh, if you are the producer of this this film, this <laughs> who have apparently been attacking like critics for saying they didn't like it. Have um, they really? The, I, I know there's another one that's been happening too, but I didn't realize that was going on with this one too. Jeez, this this one like the actually the production company responding to critics to people saying like, I didn't really care for it. And then them like actually responding. I'm not important enough for them to do that with me, but I've seen it with some other bigger accounts on Twitter. And yeah, it was actually like, this is a really bad look guys. And the funny thing is they always love critics when they love their movies. (laughs) Well, and barbarian has a very high Rotten Tomatoes rating. A lot of people really loved it. Like Mm -hmm. this, uh, we're definitely in the minority in a lot of ways in terms of critics. Yeah, I mean, um, I personally would have given it still a, a fresh score, too, because of that binary. Like, I wouldn't say it's rotten. I know you would. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I wouldn't. But that also doesn't mean that I'm like, rush out and what? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I hate the binary. I mean, that's it, the binary sucks. The algorithm sucks. It's it, it always. Yeah, it always comes down to, you know, is it good or is it bad? It's just like, well, some of it's good um you know it's it's always that sense of balance but uh but yeah so that's what we think of barbarian uh it is available to stream via hbo max and i think also available to rent if you want if you don't have hbo max mm-hmm. um so you know i don't know check it out if you feel like it or watch malignant like just uh regardless of whether you watch barbarian watch malignant like it's so good definitely watch malignant for sure that could be an interesting double feature watch yes, barbarian you- first and then malignant and then a good movie uh (laughs) 
So I think that that will close us out for this little mini episode discussing Barbarian. Thank you all so much for listening to us. And of course, you know, we want to always thank all of our patrons who are such lovely people. You all know who you are. Um, and if you want to follow us, listen to us, et cetera, we are on Twitter Insta- uh, and Instagram at Citizen Dame Pod, and we are on Letterboxd at Citizen Dame. And, uh, and you can also follow us individually. Karen, where are you? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Karen M. Peterson. And I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at LH Business. Thank you so much for listening to us, y'all. And we will be back with a full-length episode later on. Bye. Yeah. I'm sorry, who are you? What? Who are you? This is 476 Barbary, right? I don't know, yeah, yeah. I think so. You don't know? No. I don't live here. I'm renting this place. It's the middle of the night. I don't have it at the top of my head, the address. No, I'm renting this place. What? Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah, I booked it like a month ago. This is unbelievable. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you why don't you come inside? And we'll call these idiots.